Welcome to My Runner's Mind, where we run with gratitude towards a life of happiness and gratefulness. I'm your host, Stina Turgeon, and I believe that as runners, we're uniquely positioned to choose gratitude over negativity. Running itself is so badass, and each run offers multiple opportunities to turn a potentially negative thought or feeling into a positive one. Tune in as I'll share behind the scenes of what goes into my 12-week program, My Runner's Mind, which is mindset and spiritual coaching for women runners who know that they're ready to shift away from the shoulds and ought tos in their running routine and replace them with want and desire to live a happier and more balanced life. Are you ready? Let's go! My friends, runners, maybe you're dreaming about becoming a runner. Maybe you ask yourself if you're really a runner. Either way, Welcome to episode nine. I'm so glad you're here today. Today's quote is, when you believe in your abilities, you can run any distance, including the distance you once believed was impossible. And this is by Michael Delirio. I like his quotes because they're always a perfect mix of running and mindset. The quote is also perfect for today's episode, which is a mindset of an ultra runner. So just to clarify for the listener who may not know this, an ultra is technically any distance past a marathon, so anything above 26.2 miles. Just wanted to make sure that everybody knew this. So fellow soul sister and three times ultra runner, Melody Bateman is joining me on the podcast today to tell us about the mindset of an ultra runner. And let me just tell you, she has a pretty great mindset and I'm so excited to share her with you today. On the episode, she'll talk about her most recent ultra, a 100 miler that she ran with her husband, Jacob. Now you might be wondering how long it would take to run 100 miles because I know I was. Some 40 hours of just pure moving, just a couple of 20 minute power naps, but that was 40 hours in case you thought you heard me wrong. I really enjoyed the chat with Melody, but I especially loved how tuned into her mindset she is. She truly appreciates how running and training for ultras improves her mindset in all areas of her life, not just running, which you runner friend know is the premise of this podcast, right? All right, so as you're listening to our conversation, I want you to notice how she breaks her running into time on feet rather than average weekly miles. I think It's such an interesting concept, which once you hear it, it makes a lot of sense. But it's not how run training is usually talked about, at least not the distances up to a marathon. On the episode, I also asked Melody about her thoughts and mindset and how she felt that supported her training for as well as running the actual ultra. Now, she also breaks a goal for achieving an ultra down for us in case you're wondering if this is something for you. And then she shares how she continues to run happy. Enjoy the episode. Hey, runner friends. Today I have a guest on the show with me. I am excited to share with you a runner friend from my running group on Facebook, Melody Bateman. I asked her to come on the show because she is an ultra runner. And I thought tapping into the mindset of an ultra runner would be very intriguing, very exciting for all of us here listening. So welcome, Melody. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. 
Awesome. Mindset is my favorite. So. Is it? Well, so it is. introduce yourself first to the listeners, please. Yeah. So I'm Melody Bateman. I'm a physical therapist assistant and a sports massage therapist and a running coach. I work at Body Smart and we work specifically with runners. I started running in high school. I was on the track team. I actually tried cross country all four years in high school, but hated it and dropped out every year. It wasn't until I graduated high school that I got into distance running and my husband convinced me to run a marathon. And from there, we just kept ramping up the miles and did our first hundred last year. And it was awesome. And now we're hooked on ultra running. So that's kind of my thing. So impressive. All right. Well, that's what we're going to hear a little more about today. I'm excited about it. So um, how many ultras so far? Because I know ultras is kind of a broad concept, anything beyond a marathon, correct? Yeah. So official ultras, we have done three. Training for our hundred, we did run an ultra race basically every weekend to get ready for it. We got to the point where we're running, you know, 30, 35, 40 miles every weekend. So incredible. (laughs) (laughs) And how many weeks is training for an ultra? How many weeks is that? Honestly, training for an ultra is this is one difference between like a half marathon and an ultra is it's not really like, okay, I'm going to train for a hundred mile race in you know, 16 weeks or 24 weeks. It really is something that you have to build for years. It's about maintaining a certain amount of mileage for year on year on year. For intervention. Yeah. Yeah. And just, it takes a long time to let your body adapt to miles like that. Right. So it's not really a black and white answer of how long is a training plan. Right. So what's your, I'm just curious, what do you yeah. kind of maintain on average as a weekly mileage? Let's, let's ask that question. instead. So I actually keep track of time on my feet instead of mileage. So I try to train between, I, I like to maintain at least eight hours a week running. And then when I'm in like peak training, I get up to 12 to 15 hours. The reason I base it on hours instead of miles is so I can listen to my body. So instead of, and also when you're on trails, every trail is different. One trail can have 10,000 feet of climbing. That's a big exaggeration. 5,000 feet of climbing and one trail can be completely flat. So, you know, even though maybe you do five miles on a flat run versus five miles on a climbing run, it's going to take different times. So that's kind of what I do. And my average miles would be anywhere between 30 to 60. Throughout the year. Yeah. 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 And you know what? It's interesting. You just mentioned the time on feet because I was actually going to bring that out here. That was one thing I noticed in a comment you made to somebody who was asking about getting into ultra marathon and if somebody had any advice and your advice popped up and it was time on feet, get enough time on your feet. And I was like, that is so smart because I I don't know, to me, that wasn't the most intuitive answer. Maybe it is now that I've heard your reason for it, but it wasn't the most intuitive. I think like, you know, I started out asking your average mileage or, or whatnot, but get enough time on feet because I think sometimes, and maybe since the profession you're in, you can let me know what you think. I think a lot of us 
recreational runners or even people that go to the gym actually end up being very sedentary the rest of the day. We might spend an hour being really, you know, going out there and give it us, give it our all. And then we're pretty sedentary the rest of the the day. Right. Yeah. I I am so passionate. (laughs) Yeah. I I'm super passionate about this. If I'm talking too much, just let me know. I just get so excited and have so much to say. But we call that at Body Smart, we call that the active couch potato syndrome, where, like you said, you work out for an hour, but then you go to work and then you sit all day. And you're actually going to end up with the same consequences as someone who doesn't work out and just sits all day. Working out and then sitting all day, there's not really that much of a difference. Uh, When you're training for a run, you want to live a healthy lifestyle all around. It's not just about your workout in the morning. It's about, like you said, time on your feet and moving all day, every day. Right, right. Yeah, no, and I mean, active couch potato syndrome. Wow, that's, I'm sure that's a shocker to a lot of people to hear that because they feel they put in their dues, right, in the morning if they got themselves to the gym or out on a run and then, right. They're just kind of where everybody else potentally is. So, okay. Right. All right. So I guess I want to ask you a little bit, and you started telling us a little bit about the difference of training, you know, for a half marathon versus a marathon or an ultra, but can you boil that a little more for us if somebody listening is considering it? For sure. So a few of the differences, uh, first of all, Uh, time on your feet. You do need a lot more time on your feet for a lot more miles. You also want to train a little bit differently. So when you're training for a half or less, I think speed work, and speed work is always important, don't get me wrong, but speed work is a little bit more important for a half or less, and you're going to do speed work a little bit differently. So your speed work for a half or less, you're going to spend a lot of time in zone four and zone five. Are you familiar with like the five zone system? The heart rate zones, I'm guessing? Yeah, that's how we train our athletes. So there's five different heart rate zones. One is the lowest zone, five is the highest zone. So you're going to be doing lots of like one minute and less sprints in zone four, zone five for a half marathon and less versus in marathon training and ultra training, you're going to do a lot more tempo runs. So that's more like zone three, zone four, and you're maintaining that for a long period of time. And like I said, don't get me wrong, you still want to incorporate some of that fast speed work in marathon and, and ultra running, but just not the same way that you would for a half or less. Yeah, I think that's the biggest difference, the time on your feet and then the kind of speed work you're doing. And then just the time to build into actually running an ultra, I heard you say early also that it just requires much more practice and that many more hours actually having run. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to just finishing a race, most healthy, active people could run a half and finish it no matter how long it took even if they walked the whole thing you know they could finish it but then when you get to marathon a little bit more you do have to you have to get that training you can't just go run it without really hurting your body that's not to like discredit halves or or less each the way I see it I feel like half marathon and less and then marathon it up, I kind of see them as different sports. Like one is football and one is baseball. Like they just are completely different. Like I do have a lot of 
half marathoners who are like, oh, wow, like you do ultras. I could never do that. And I'm like, well, I could never run a half marathon as fast as you do. My body's not adapted to that. And suffering through a race like that, like pushing that hard for that period of time, that's really hard for me. My ability to suffer is not very good when it comes to maintaining those high speeds for that long. In an ultra run, you there's a lot of walking involved. Uh, you mainly, you walk the uphills and then you run the flats and the downhills. And I like being able to just kind of walk and enjoy half of my run versus sprinting as hard as I can for the entire run. That was new to me. I didn't know that. So that was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So before we go on and talk about the mindset, which you just told me that you're passionate about, so I'm excited about that. Just set the stage for us for the the last ultra you did so that the listener kind of gets a little glimpse into, you know, what it was like, I guess, if, if you can just give us a little bit of a glimpse into it. Yeah. Yeah. So my last ultra, my husband and I, we trained together and we did it together. We did our first hundred mile run and we'd actually signed up for the Ute 100 but it was canceled. So we mapped our our own 100 mile run. I'm in Ogden, Utah. So there's a mountain here called Ben Lomond. So we mapped a 50 mile loop up to the top of Ben Lomond and then around it. And we ran that loop twice. It, the first 50. This is a self-supported 100 mile run. Yeah, we had friends and family come and aid station us. It it was really, really awesome. And it was really tough. It definitely was the hardest thing I've ever done. You know, it was going okay. Our nutrition is good. Our our training honestly was really solid. If it wasn't for our training, the way we did it, we wouldn't have gotten through it. But it was at mile 66. We had run all the way through the night. We had only taken a 20-minute power nap. Besides that, no sleep. We were at mile 66, and we both were tired. We were exhausted. Our stomachs hurt. How long had you been at it by then? I mean, mile 66, how many hours is that? So it was like seven in the morning. So it probably was about 26, 27 hours, somewhere around there that we've been running or speed hiking, speed hiking slash running. Another thing with ultra running is it's really common to have gut issues when you're running for that long and you're in the heat and you're not sleeping. You really have to think about your nutrition and you have to train your body to be able to eat real food, pizza, burritos. You can't just, you can't run 40 hours on gels and granola bars and you have to get your body used to that. So at mile 66, our stomachs, we just were nauseous and we were sick and we had all of our friends and family kind of gather around us and, and they're like, no, you can do it. And they kind of pushed us and we were able to finish and we had pacers next to us who Did helped us. Really nice keep our pace for the end. And we eventually finished. It took us about 40 hours. We took a few power naps. Sounds amazing. And (laughs) once you get to a certain point, it's just about mental toughness. You just have to push through mentally. So it, it was a, it was awesome. We're excited to do another one. So. And when are you scheduling the sec, the next one for me? So our next big run is going to be the dead horse 50 and that's in November. Um, that one has a pretty intense cutoff time. So we're working on getting our speed up. And then next year, we want to look into doing the U100, trying that again. So since that was canceled, we can defer it for a couple of years. So that's the current plan. Okay. All right. So perfect. Segwaying into mindset and thoughts. I was wondering, you know, what thoughts 
or mindset did you find support in your journey, you know, to your first ultra and which ones, which thoughts did you have to let go of? So this is fun to talk about, especially with training with my husband, because we both have completely different mindsets. And this kind of ties into uh, one of the podcasts I listened to today that I loved of yours. So my mindset is like, let's keep a positive mindset. I'm going to talk positively to myself. Like I got this, I can do this. I'm awesome. Versus my husband, what really gets him going is he tells himself, you're a loser, like you're a weenie. And that, oh, no. that motivates him. <laughs> to, <laughs> <laughs> that motivates him to, to push himself. It, that doesn't work for me, but it right. works for him. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with David Goggins. You know, I've only, I haven't read his book. I mean, I've, I've certainly heard about it and seen some of the, okay. YouTube, but. Well, he, um, my husband kind of has a similar mindset to David Goggins. Um, David Goggins is all about like, if you don't do this, like you're a wuss, you know, very like kind of beat yourself up and, and that works for my husband, but it, do, it doesn't work for me. So I think so you're uh, over there in your own world, both <laughs> of you with your own self-talk. Yeah. Yeah. We've tried to help each other. Like I give him my self-talk and he, he gives me his self-talk and we just learned that doesn't work. <laughs> but I liked what you said in, in your last podcast about thinking positively and how that will like transfer over to your runs even like in the future like the more you think positively the more your runs are going to turn out positively and and you're always going to carry that with you and it just made me wonder like this way of the way my husband motivates himself I don't know if that is going to be sustainable I feel like over time it's really going to beat it's beating himself up and over time it's really going to affect him I think that's such a good observation because you you would wonder if he's truly tapping his own full potential if he's limiting it with with the negative self-talk that is currently working for him right which is working probably because of his conditioning right but yeah and you know so often it's a scarcity mindset when we have negative self-talk because we haven't had anything else that's worked it's worked for us so far so we're going to stick with it we're going to stick with what we know we're too afraid of changing it and then once we actually change it we realize how much farther we can go yeah. i mean it's just crazy yeah <laughs> but so it, true. Takes, it takes courage of course but yeah it does and I think that that translates over into everything in life. That's why I'm so po- or passionate about this. If you learn how to change your mindset when you're running, then you can learn how to change your mindset when something doesn't go right in your life. When Yeah, you're a poster child for this podcast. Then. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I say. So you can do it in running. You can do it in all areas of your life, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I think that was one thing that I'm using my hundred mile as an example. That Mm -hmm. was one thing that really helped was thinking like, man, if I can do this now, this is going to transfer over into other areas of my life. And when I thought about what I wanted to teach my clients and the thing that really affected me is what I want to teach my my posterity, my kids one day. And I want to be able to tell them about this time that I ran this run and I was in so much pain that I was able to mentally push through it and I was able to do it because I want to teach them to do the same thing one day. And that is what really, really pushed me when I thought about being an example to other people and teaching other people that they can do anything that they set their mind to. Another thing that is really helpful 
that was kind of the main thing. But when you picture visualization is huge, Mm -hmm. I feel like being able to picture yourself crossing that finish line. So good. And just already feeling those feelings. Like you don't have to wait to cross the finish line to feel those feelings of, wow, I did it. Like feel the feelings right now. Like picture yourself crossing that finish line and feel how that's going to feel and kind of borrow from that future moment. And that's so good. And feelings to push yourself. That's one of the mindset pillars that we use in the My Runner's Mind program. We talk so much about visualization and we do visualize where we tap into that future version of ourselves, right? And where we get, like you said, we get the feelings in it. Sometimes we use music also, like Mm -hmm. certain brainwave music, just Mm -hmm. just primes the brain right away. But you're right. I mean, tap into that future moment, bring it to you right now. And then you'll walk into that person, right? When you do that. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Now, had you learned that or was that just a natural for you? I'm curious. Honestly, that just kind of came through experience. You just mm-hmm. learn in ultra running, you put yourself in a lot of uncomfortable situations. Sure. And sometimes, honestly, a lot of the times it's not the healthiest for your body, mm-hmm. but you kind of have to push your body to those uncomfortable points so you can exercise your mindset and you just put yourself in so many moments like that that you just learn that on the trail yeah yeah no that makes sense okay so let's talk a little bit about how you i guess you break a goal like an ultra down into manageable chunks i love this (laughs) (laughs) so this was so helpful on our hundreds so I guess I can take this a couple of different directions. So when you're in the middle of a long run like that, you break it up with baby steps. So for us, mm-hmm. instead of thinking, oh my gosh, we just ran 50 miles and now we have to do it all over again. We would think, just get to the next aid station. That's it. All we have to do is run six miles. And we do that every single day. That's easy. You know, and then the next aid station, okay, we just have to run eight miles. We do that every day. That's easy. And then... The next aid station, okay, we just have to run seven miles this time. Just take it one aid station at a time. Or in your training, maybe you just ran your first half marathon and now you want to run a marathon. And maybe the ultimate goal is running 100 miles. Just think about working up to it. So the next goal is a marathon. Instead of thinking like, man, I've never even ran a marathon before. How am I going to run 100 miles? Don't think about that. Just think about the next goal. The next goal is a marathon and you've run a half before, you know, you can do a half. So during your marathon, you run a half and then you just think, okay, I just have to do that again. I have already proved to myself that I ran 13 miles. So I know that I can do it and you just do it again. So you just break it up. And sometimes you just got to take it mile for mile. Maybe you're in a lot of pain, but you just think I'm just going to do one more mile and then you get one more mile and I'm just going to do one more mile or I'm going to run to that tree, or I'm going to run to that mailbox. You just, you always want to go to the next little step instead of looking at the full picture. Right. Do you have a mantra when you run? I don't. I I don't. Yeah. I think it's always kind of different, just depending on the run and what's happening in my life lately. And I just kind of say to myself what I need to say to myself in the moment. Mm -hmm. Nice. Cool. All right. So. 
what strategies do you use to love your runs? I mean, do you think, I mean, obviously we already talked about that. You definitely think about your self-talk and it's positive and I love that. Do you create joy around some of your runs to make it more fun? If you know you got certain tempo runs coming up and you know that sometimes you feel you're dreading them or you have your long runs and you're like dreading them. I did a podcast episode on that. Actually mm-hmm. came out of Dina Castor. You're familiar with her, right? Olympic mm-hmm. medalist. Yeah. Um, she talks about creating strategic joy around some of these runs that she was noticing that she could improve on. But in order to improve on them, she had to make it, you know, more enjoyable mm-hmm. rather than just in the moment. She had to actually create that moment beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, do you have anything similar? Have you found that that's helpful or? Yeah. So I think if you're not enjoying it, why are you even doing it? What's the point of running if you don't enjoy it? The way I have found joy in running is I tell myself I don't have to run. I never, ever have to run. If I don't want to run, I don't run. Mm -hmm. I run because I want to run. So I fell in love with it right after high school. So in, I started with track and I hated track in high school because I felt like I had to show up to practice. I had to do the workouts the coaches told me to to do. I I compared myself to everybody around me. I had knots in my stomach before practice. I I was nauseous before every single meet and it just was miserable for me. It wasn't until after I graduated high school and I I missed being in shape and I missed how I felt being in shape. So I just kind of started running by myself and I walked when I wanted to walk. I sprinted when I wanted to sprint. There's nobody around me to compare myself to. And I just did it because I wanted to. And that is, I encourage all my clients to do the same thing. I always tell them like, here's a workout plan. You don't have to do any of it. If you don't feel like running one day, don't run. And I've learned that 99% of the time, if you tell yourself you don't have to do it, you're going to do it because you want to do it. There is a point of like exercising your willpower and and sometimes doing things that you don't want to do. So like for a beginner runner, what I would say in the beginning, running is never fun. So I say, force yourself to do it for at least two weeks, be consistent for two weeks. And by that time, your body kind of adapts. And, and another thing is you don't have to kill yourself on every single run, listen to your body. So, so like I was saying before, like if you feel good, feel good enough to sprint, then push yourself hard and sprint. If the calendar says that you're supposed to sprint today, but you're just not physically and slash or mentally ready to sprint that day, then just do a run, but do it slower, go at your own pace. So I guess long story short, <laughs> listen to your body. <laughs> listen to your body. Another thing with with like high intensity workouts, it does help to have a friend. So like I've set up a group with some women every Tuesday night where I do high intensity interval workout. I don't usually push myself as hard when I'm by myself, but I have this group of friends that I meet up with and we make it fun and we laugh and we have competitions and, you know, we grunt and yell and, and that helps to get my high intensity in. So that was kind of a modge podge of a lot of stuff. I hope that made sense. (laughs) So there is your strategic joy in in the high intensity workout, having that group of friends, right? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. sense. So will you do anything differently in your upcoming ultra train differently or 
Yeah. yeah. What will you What will you do different? So one of the things I love about running is the workout programming. It's so fun to think, how can I change my schedule? What can I add? What can I get rid of? I honestly see it more of as it's like an art instead of a science because everyone's body is different and you're always adapting and changing things. And it's like, you're painting this beautiful running picture. But so what I'm trying to do right now, I've for myself, I feel like I've done a really good job at building a solid base. I have the time on my feet. I have the mileage. I have the consistency. I have the passion for it. Now what I'm working on is building off of my base and I'm incorporating more speed work and I'm incorporating more weight training. So I've always stuck to a very basic weight training routine, lots of body weight, some light weights, and now I'm incorporating more heavy weight, more explosive weight training, and also more like plyometric high intensity work. And that is going to build my speed. So that's the plan now. And that's because of the time limit on the dead horse ultra? Yeah. 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 And that's also just, uh, that's a healthy progression. You want to build a solid foundation as a runner before you incorporate the high intensity kind of work. Because if you don't build that foundation, then you don't have anything to build off of. And then the high intensity work is all it's going to do is hurt you if you don't have that foundation. So. Right. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. So I guess ending, closing, I'm, I've got one question, or um, if you've got any advice or tips for somebody who'd like to get into this and kind of start, what would you suggest? What would be the way to go? I would suggest, like I mentioned before, if you don't know if running is your thing or not, give yourself two weeks. Be consistent with running for two weeks. Also, let's assume this is somebody who's running and possibly already done some, I don't know, could be 10Ks, it could be maybe half marathons what would you what would you suggest as the next and they're looking to get into ultra running like that's they're, their they're thinking about it yeah what would be your next step suggestion my next suggestion would be say you've done a half my next suggestion would be do a marathon and i would also recommend finding a coach coaches are incredibly helpful for accountability for the program building um and also be be consistent consistency is key and then also is what you're saying yeah yeah Yeah. be consistent and listen to your body listen to your body so don't push yourself too hard if you feel like you can push harder push yourself harder and yeah those would be my my little pieces of advice I love it. Hey, so here in closing, I have a quote I love and I want to ask you what it means to you. The quote is, as we run, we become by Ambie Burfoot, right? Mm -hmm. I like it because there's a promise if we look deeper into this quote of becoming something more, right? More than just a runner, obviously. But I'm curious, how, how does it apply to you? What do you, what do you see in the quote? As you run, you become. Uh Uh-huh. I feel like, I think it goes back to, well, that mindset and how it can transfer to other areas of your life. I feel like running is such an awesome way to get outside of your comfort zone. And the more time you spend in your comfort zone and the further deeper you are in your comfort zone, the more 
you learn and grow and become. And I think running is just such an awesome way to exercise being in that, being out of your comfort zone, being in that discomfort and learning Mm -hmm. to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. I love it. Hey, thank you, Melody, so much. Thank you. For everybody to have a chance to listen to this. If they want to, how can they connect with you if they wanted to? So my, that in the notes also, but yeah. yeah. My personal Instagram is Mel under dash D under dash pine tree. So Mel D pine tree. You can also follow my business page, body smart PT on Instagram. Uh, Our website is bodysmartutah.com. On our Instagram, we post lots of running tips and tricks and advice on your page. We post a Wednesday wisdom every Wednesday where we share some running advice. So those would be the best places to and find we'll us. make sure to drop these in the show notes for everybody to see. So cool. Awesome. Thanks, Melody. This is great. So if running is our practice ground and we can turn every experience into fuel, then we can transfer it to the rest of our life and positively impact our whole world. Just one run at a time. <laughs>